On this episode of Estate of Control, we talk about how to service customized systems. What are some ways that programmers and integrators and other service providers can differentiate themselves? And what is the value in being niche? All that and more on Estate of Control. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. 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 Is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. A state of control. A state of control, episode 55, Flappy Bird. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Kramer. AV Beyond the Box. Welcome to A State of Control, an AV Nation podcast that highlights the control, programming, and automation aspects of the audiovisual industry. My name is Steve Greenblatt. I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. So on today's show, we're going to talk about some unique and customized control solutions and some ways that programmers and integrators and even manufacturers can, can offer uh, opportunities to differentiate themselves and do things that are a little bit beyond the norm. So with me to discuss this topic are some guests that I think have a lot of insight and uh, I'll, I'll introduce them to you now. First and foremost, my partner at Estate of Control. Let me welcome Rich Fergoza. How are you today, Rich? Good. Mellow West Coast greetings. It's uh, good to get the band back together. So it's uh, been a little bit. So uh, actually enjoying not not being uh, completely soaked in California. So we're returning to those West Coast vibes. Very nice. And next is his. He comes to us from Germany, and he's a friend, and he's an often. Uh, guest on Estate of Control. His name is Patrick Murray, and he's from LearnAVProgramming.com. How are you, Patrick? Doing great, Steve. Thanks for having me on again. Anytime. And last but not least, he's new to Estate uh, of Control, but not new to the AV industry. His name is Mark Day, and he comes from IdeaBox. How are you today, Mark? I'm doing well, Steve. Nice to meet you, and thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us. So lately, we've talked a lot about uh, the idea of basic uh, and, and and simple and no programming required configurable systems with with limited customization. Today we're going to flip over to the other end of the spectrum, and we're going to talk about the value, the benefit, and how you get to providing customized solutions that differentiate and provide a niche and are are frankly a little bit more interesting for programmers and, and, and even for clients. Um, which I'm going to start uh, the conversation with you because I know that you do a lot of bespoke systems and I know that this is probably a, a, an area of strength for you. Um, is, are these custom systems, these higher end or, or just the more elaborate uh, control solutions, is, are they a dying breed? Or are they something that you just have to find the right customer or the right the right application? Um, you know, it it it's always felt like in the industry that you know the the ultra high end, whether it was commercial or Knox or residential, it's always been the great white whale, right? It's always been the one that you know when guys were starting out, the big job, 
right? You know, kind of the one that they hung their hat on and they get their magazine spreads or the story on or take really pretty pictures and post on the wall. And, and I think that, I think for any company starting out and for any company owner starting out, um, yeah, there's a bit of ego involved initially that, you know, you want to show that you can bag the big one. Um, it didn't and doesn't always make the big, the best business sense to go after that route because it does require a different focus, um, a different support network, um, just a different way of operating in general um, to go after that. And that may or may not contribute to your long-term company health and growth. Um, so, you know, from the beginning where, you know, is it, is it, is there as much there? No, I, I would say that that market is coming to a finer point. Um, because we are finding that there are lots of solutions out there that a lot of clients who aren't being presented with the alternatives go, it works just fine. And, Keep it in mind, and we've said it over and over and over on, I don't know, at, at this point, how many hundreds of shows, um, mobile. Mobile changed the landscape completely, where when 25 years ago, you know, literally one-off solutions, it was, you know, you can go to any place in the country, and every guy that you spoke to was doing a one-off solution, and they had their own, quote-unquote, secret sauce that they were working on. Um, with the advent of mobile, there was a flattening of, of the playing field. And there was a changing of expectations from clients, not only from a control standpoint, but what they were willing to accept. And some clients, it raised their threshold of what they were willing to accept. And for other clients, it lowered the threshold of what they were willing to accept. Um, and you know what we've been seeing now with the proliferation of like configurable systems and you know, kind of add-on block systems, um, it can meet the needs of a lot of clients. And so the clients who've said, I absolutely have to have something that is mine and uniquely mine, there are less of those clients there. They are still there. And I think there's enough work um, for any company out there, but it does require a different tactic. And I think at the same time, companies need to take a look at how are they going to keep the lights on as well um, while they're going after those projects. So, I mean, it, it, the, the short answer is yes, it's, it's dwindling. Um, and more people are going to try to go after that that same prize. Um, the difference is that it has really shaken out the caliber and the quality of companies who are going after that uh, because they do have to differentiate themselves. They can't just come in and say, hey, I've got this thing that I wrote five years ago that I've used in 50 different houses. That's actually my secret sauce. That doesn't work anymore. It's, it's changed from being guys who are integrator installers who – kind of do some programming to requiring real, you know, legitimate software developers to be involved. Patrick, I'll, I'll um, toss it over to you. Um, Rich talked a lot about, you know, large inter intricate systems that require this type of customization. Are there other ways that we can in include customization that don't require us trying to find that, that ideal top of the mountain case of, of a project? Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, but finding it, that's the trick, right? So you mentioned configurable solutions and those are really great. And large manufacturers are going to make those configurable solutions to make it easy to do most projects. So let's say those are 90% of the projects. Well, what about that other 10%? That's still a lot of uh, work to be done. And those aren't always big jobs. For example, I'm working with an integrator who works a lot in the house of worship market and they make their own DSP. So we're writing an app for them to control it. And that's a really very specific niche. 
Um, it's not going to be the biggest company in the world, but it's, you know, it's a nice little bunting type of a, an application that'll get used over and over again and solve a solution, solve a problem that may be too small for uh, some of the larger manufacturers to go after. Mark, I, I know um, that, that you have uh, done a little bit of uh, work in, involving mobile and mobile apps and, and, and Rich mentioned how mobile has influenced our industry. Um, what, what, are, what are some ways that, that you've seen us being able to leverage that rather than it being a threat? Well, I think that Rich pretty much summed it up. Um, your original question uh, about uh, those jobs being out there and, and, and do people really want kind of high-end custom? And, and, uh, and then Patrick, you know, saying, hey, there's about 10% out there. But even the example that Patrick kind of gave was something that integrators weren't doing 10 years ago. That's something like a software developer might have done 10 years ago, right? A custom app or a custom DSP. So now you're really just not even in that, that integrator category. Really you're a software developer that's writing a custom application for a DSP. It could be a custom application for anything, you know? Um, so <clears throat> I just think that to echo both of these guys sentiments, it just moves. It's been moving towards software development you've been moving, we've been moving guys who are kind of into the software, moving into more just being software developers um, and kind of away from, from being integrators. Um, and I think that, I think that that's the future. Um, and your question about, you know, you working in the mobile space and what can you utilize there to differentiate yourself? You know, to be honest, that's what we've done is we're not taking what we've learned from our mobile space and applying it back to how can we make, you know, our integration better. What we've done is, hey, we've been designing and programming these systems for 10 years. What else can we do? And so we're doing something completely kind of different because it seems to me that it is kind of dying, that bespoke custom system that requires that skill set in, in the audio video world. So what we've done is we're, you know, we're building something where it is a one size fits all, right? Just for hospitality that, um, that, uh, that can scale, that you can push software updates up to, uh, and then all of your customers get that same kind of feature set, um, that you kind of move to a recurring monthly revenue model where you kind of, you're just that software as a service model I view as the future because it used to be 10 years ago that, or 15 years ago, or, or whatever it was, that when we designed these bespoke systems, uh, we were offering functionality that their neighbors or friends didn't have. Now it's really flipped. We can't write software that's as good as the software that Apple comes out with or someone else comes out with, that every day is solving a larger and larger percentage of what we were doing. And we can't write it as good. We don't have the money or the time or the customer base to scale it that well. So when, when a Nest thermostat comes out and you slide and utilize their scheduler, you look back at the scheduler you've been doing for HVAC for 20 years, you being the you know, collective you, and you go, man, why would I ever do that again when this is already so much better and all they do is thermostats? Does that make sense? I, I would offer uh, in one token, though, that none of our schedulers have ever frozen houses during a firmware update that went across hundreds of thousands of units as well. 
So, you know, it is a, it is a, a double-edged sword. And, and I think you're right. I think as, as well, too, and, and I've thought about this often, it's like, do you want to be kind of the flappy bird of, of integration software, right? Do you want to be that one-hit wonder? You know, do you, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was this app that came out that was just ridiculous. It was just, it, it, was, it was insane how it was just this little basic concept. It was this one guy who came out with an idea and it kind of just mushroomed and took off. And it just took off like wildfire. But at the same token, the development didn't occur and everything changed and people's tastes changed. And it went away just as, as quickly as it did. Now, the person who developed it, it was a windfall in terms of, you know, the income, but couldn't quite figure out what to do with it. And, and with these companies, I think that absolutely, you know, you're, you're not going to fight the 800-pound gorilla. In the, in the industry and, and, you know, whether it's GAFA or any other acronym that's coming out, I, I can't even keep track of the acronyms anymore. Um, you know, I agree that they, that you, you, you partner with who's doing things well, and then you go, what's still missing? And I think that's the key to any company who, who's planning on doing what we do is, you know, where can you still be different? And, and you know, and I've said it time and time again, where Patrick's approach that he took initially with, um, what's the, was it Swipe, the original? Uh, AV GUI, I think you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, um, that was, you know, a, a different approach to a night, which I thought was novel. I, I, I hoped it was your flappy bird, you know, <laughs> the way that I looked at it, right? Um, uh, it, it, it's, it's, you know, I, th- I, 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 I'm with you. I think that, you know, absolutely these, these guys are, these larger companies are doing lots of things better. They have lots of engineer, they have a huge market share and they're going to drive what we have to follow up with, you know, because of some, we had it happen in the industry where skeuomorphic was the rage for user interfaces, right? You know, photorealistic icons and everybody did photorealistic. And then all of a sudden, Sir John Ivy, thanks, John decided one day he woke up and he's going, I'm going flat, monochromatic. Every interface from there on out changed all over again. And, and the issue sometimes with the larger companies is that you, you also have to be careful about not buying into the fads. And, and these companies are typically moving software to also move hardware. And that's the thing that we don't do a lot of times that we, we have to be careful about. Um, you know, so I, I mean, I find your point fascinating because it is it's like wh- where do you fit in as a company how, how do you position yourself i think what this really comes down to is uh dealing with the risk of technology and it's not just a technology technological risk it's the risk of all the fads that are attached to it and also how fast the technology changes and choosing what underlying technologies you're going to learn and apply and what types of systems you're going to go after to kind of do a little differently and i don't think it's matters if if you're a business or you're just thinking about your career things are changing we're in technology they change rapidly and uh, i think this is something that we're all just kind of have to deal with at some point which direction are we going to take things in so patrick i'll i'll stay with you on on this you know we we talked about um mark said talked a lot about how we have to look at this from more of a software development approach um, and I know that that that's a a, a little a little bit of a passion of yours as well. So, what is different about software development that it, that that it, it separates itself from what we were previously doing? The amount of resources, basically, 
basically the openness, the amount of um, the barriers to entry are almost non-existent. You could download any of these frameworks on your laptop and just run them with the simple commands. There's no compile, upload, reboot. There's no training that you must attend to. There's no um, yeah, certifications that you must have to take a look at it. It's, it's all open and out there. And they have huge support communities, things like Stack Overflow. I mean, you could really get all of your questions answered. It's a completely different workflow. But at the same time, like we were talking about, there's risk involved with it, right? It's different. It hasn't really been applied uh, in a broad sense to AV systems. So there's things that need to be thought about and learned differently. One of them is just, you know, keeping a connection open all the time. That's not how the web typically works. They're working on that front too, and it's gotten a lot better and it's possible now, but there's some risk involved with, with applying these things. So it, it's... You know, it's it's a balance and choosing the right um, application or the right technologies for the application is is really the challenge there. Mark, um, you know, I, I feel like the you know the, what 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 you were discussing is is really an evolution, you know, and how we we need to look at what what the products that are out there and and they they're influencing what we're doing. Um, how do you see the AV control system evolving? Is that are 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 we going to be able to accomplish what we're looking what what the the this customization can be can offer within what we have today, or is that something that is going to change drastically in in your opinion? Uh, I would say that depends on the market. In the residential market, I had a crystal ball. Um, I would imagine that the residential, most residential issues are going to be solved in the next, you know, I don't know, five years, 10 years or so to where really you are kind of in whatever the big boy ecosystems are, whether it's Amazon, Google, or Apple, it's going to solve 90% of your problems. And even if it's uh, Crestron or Control 4, their kind of plug and play software is just, it's amazing already. And it's just getting better and better, you know. When you look at Crestron's like kind of OS three, they're they're kind of pushing out. I'm sure you've all seen the demo. It's you know it's exactly what it should have been out you know maybe two years ago or so. But when that's out, what's what is really what are you going to do as a custom programmer that's going to deliver a faster, slicker UI than that, um, and uh, and really differentiate you from a guy who really doesn't know you know, how to open his laptop barely to kind of plug and play these systems together. Nothing, nothing's going to differentiate you in, in my view. Um, and it, and nothing, it's nothing that the customer cares about. It took me a long time to learn that what I thought was cool or what I thought was what needs to happen is almost irrelevant. Um, it's really what the customer, the non-techie person thinks that, that drives you know, kind of drives the market and the expectation. So as stuff kind of comes out uh, and becomes normalized, uh, the customer is just going to work with that ecosystem. That's that's kind of how I see the residential market going. The commercial market is always going to need something, but it too, you can see, is starting to be eaten up by um, more out-of-the-box technologies that just frankly work a lot better than these out-of-the-box technologies. Even up five years ago, you remember setting up VTC systems, how expensive they were, how difficult they were to integrate with, just not that long ago. And now you're rolling out these Zoom rooms, you're rolling out 
kind of much less expensive and much easier to, to set up software. Um, but I think there's always going to be a market there commercial for customization because every building is, is, is so different. Um, and all these kind of manufacturers are out there uh, kind of pushing their smart technology, you know, integrating with devices that you just talk to over the network. Um, so I don't remember what the original question was, but those are kind of the two. Sure. <laughs> that was great. Rich, uh, I'm going to kind of, Give you a little bit of a hard one, maybe is you know we we uh, Mark referred to you know the the UI and and you know how how much more can can somebody want than what is offered in some of these more advanced configurable systems? Where do you see us when it comes to AI and and some of these other technologies? Is that something that is, that's going to be next for us, and we're going to be able, be able to to really make these systems a lot smarter? And is that going to become um, a where the focus is going to be customization wise? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, the, the view of, you know, again, of GAF or any of the others is, is, you know, again, it's, it's, it needs to be a $10 million solution for them to get out of bed. Right. If, if they're not moving um, a significant amount to be able to push a product through, it is or isn't going to happen. I mean, the the Apple TV for Apple for the longest time, and I had spoken with project managers, was a, was a hobby piece. And they referred to it as a hobby piece for years and years and years until they kind of got wind of, oh, maybe the streaming thing's going to start happening. Um, but, you know, where where it stands with, you know, the, these systems coming through, um, you know, I, I, I've kind of viewed it as um, – Early on, I always used to call it um, the, the the six principles of automation that, that I used to teach, and and the whole purpose of any you know we would call it an overlay control system was to flatten the the friction, whether it's in the office, whether it's in the home, however any of these things do. And and we always spoke to kind of the universals that everybody was looking for, right? They they wanted brighter, dimmer. They wanted warmer, cooler. They wanted louder, softer. They wanted on and off right? You, you have to hit that first. And when you have seven different fragmented apps and you have all of these great features and this different UI and you're jumping back and forth, it's, it's you know, we, we dealt with it 25 years ago. Now, for the market that the large, you know, the, the GAFA is kind of looking for, um, they're, they're going to stay within that, 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 that lane. Um, and even companies like, you know, Crestron, Control4, anybody you want to talk about, they have products that they say, hey, we're going to stay in our lane. The minute, you know, how many times have we said, you know, it's like kind of that Panda Express version, right? Here it is. The Kung Pao in Brooklyn is the same as Kung Pao in, in, in Nome, Alaska, right? It's always the same, no matter what, it's consistent, but no special order. So there's always going to be that derivative that wants a special order. So, you know, is there still room for it? Absolutely. It, construction's different, it, you know, um, a hundred-year-old brownstone is far different than a house that's constructed, you know, right now. A Victorian in San Francisco is far different than, you know, some of the pre-World War II buildings. I mean, there's, there's always going to be something. Now, is it sustainable as a business model? That's the key now. You know, in the old days, absolutely. I mean, you could throw a nickel and find a way to make money at it. Now it's a little different. Now you have to be a whole lot more focused in, in your model. But... Um, you know, with, with these systems, I, I, I view it as a lesson, you know, constantly. It's like, what are they doing? Great. And, and you ask clients. And, and I, I absolutely think that Mark is right on it. A lot of things that we thought are important don't matter to clients. So you start throwing that stuff away. You, you, you push that stuff away. But you still get to the core of 
how is this system simplifying your life? Now, augmented reality, that may be coming along at some point. I know uh, a friend of mine um, out in the UK has been working really hard with it, where he's trying to integrate AR with Crestron and, and some really fascinating ways. Is it way ahead of the curve right now? Absolutely. Does it mean that it won't happen or there won't be a client base to support it? There may be one coming up. Um, you know, artificial intelligence. Um, you know, I know, what was it, maybe two years ago, maybe less than that, uh, Zuckerberg uh, tried building his Jarvis where he built some Python scripts and he, he paired it with the Crestron system. You know, so he built this one-off for himself and the whole concept behind it was to take the Facebook technology and, and that he was using and kind of meshing it into, into the social structure of the life. And that's the interesting question. You know, it's like how much of your social structure of your life are you going to allow your devices to access and live with? And, and generations coming forward are far more comfortable with it. There's still a block of affluent homeowners and business owners who are not about that. You know, these are the people, you're the, we're the last vestiges of people who bought albums or CDs and you had to sit through nine crappy songs to get to the one song you wanted. Uh, you know, we, we are going to see that shift um, sooner rather than later. And we have seen it, but you know, there's, for me, I don't see it as gloom and doom. I view it as opportunities. I view it as there's still opportunity to innovate. There's still opportunities to, to differentiate, but it requires a, a lot more um, discipline as, as, you know, a, a programmer or a company owner. And I, I'm just going to do a little housekeeping and define acronyms because otherwise Tim's going to get mad at us. So GAFA, Google, Apple, Facebook, Amazon, and AI and artificial intelligence and uh, AR augmented reality. So just so that everybody knows. Um, thank you, uh, Mark. I, you know, you mentioned about, and, and I thought it was very, very thoughtful approach. Is that it doesn't really matter what what we think is cool or what we want to provide. It matters what what the client is interested in or wants to pay for. How do you get to the bottom of that? Because I think that's the that that ongoing challenge for for the many years at least that I've been doing this. Okay. Uh, well, again, I would divide it into two different buckets. So residential and then the commercial. Um, so we have, we have experience with both. So I can, I have experience with both so I can talk to both of them. I think in the residential space, people want, uh, and are, are, are going to continue to want kind of the things they already have. So if you have, for instance, what they're used to in their, their social apps, um, uh, that data is very easy to manipulate because it's all um, it's all pictures and text and it's all uh, it's all uh, it's not interfacing with physical devices, right? And so they're going to want those same experiences except to interface with their physical devices. And you see a lot of applications that already do this just extremely well. You know, we brought up the Nest. I brought it up a little bit earlier. You know, that application is beautiful and it works so well and. You had a camera, you had a thermostat, you had a smoke detector, and now you've got three what we would call subsystems um, just working together beautifully in this kind of beautiful UI that's, that's very easy to, to, um, to control. So your customers want that, and they just want that to keep extending. So imagine a company like Nest or Google coming out with the light switch next. Okay, that's integrated. Or look at Amazon now with their 
integrated devices. They've already got lights and, and everything else, and their UI has been horrible, but they've, they've really put a lot of work, effort into getting everything to, to talk to each other because the UI is the easy part, and they know that. They're, that's going to that's gonna evolve and get better and better, and before you even know it, Amazon's going to have a completely integrated system that they've never talked about, it's never been marketed, and just works your entire house, and you, you don't need anything else. And they've already got the AI, the voice control, all of that stuff um, on the back end, right? And so they've got you interacting with your house now, but what they really want you to do is just order paper towel. I mean, that's, that's really what they want you to do. And what technology does across the board and what it's going to do in people's houses is make everything easier so they can sell you more stuff. That's what Facebook did. That's in the beginning, right? Make it easier to communicate with people, but we're going to be able to sell you, you more stuff and, and your data is going to be what our product is. And it's going to be the same thing. So for Amazon, all that data of how you live in your house is what drives their marketing towards you. That's why your integration in the future is going to be practically free. And so that's how I see the, the, the residential kind of market going. In the commercial market, much harder to do because res, in residential, everyone wants the same thing. We all have our lights, our HVAC, our whatever. In commercial, it's a little bit more difficult. Um, and I think a lot of it is we've had these BMS systems for 20 years that have always promised. I don't know if you, everyone here probably remembers Five, 10 years ago, there was that big lead in the United States um, that is uh, LEED. I forget exactly what it stands for, but it's a big green initiative for green buildings. So uh, BMS systems were, were very popular uh, or starting to gain popularity uh, to manage your HVAC and your lighting to reduce your energy footprint and whatnot. So I think people are still very uh, interested in that, but it always got VE, uh, value engineered out of uh, these large commercial buildings because it's one of those unnecessary costs. And if we're not trying to hit a certain lead certification, we, we wouldn't do it. And it'd be the first thing to go out because it was so expensive, you know, Climatech or one of these to kind they come in and say, okay, the HVAC, it's going to be another 200 grand for HVAC control. And then the lighting restaurant would come in with lighting and it would be another 400,000 for, for, for lighting control. Next thing you know, you're at a million bucks or, or whatever it was. To, to control your building and that was the easiest thing to cut because it was the most unnecessary thing to cut. So I think now where the opportunity is, um, and I can speak to this because we built our co-host platform to also do building management really well, is to do that all in the software. Um, be able to integrate with all those devices, give people a solution that isn't uh, super expensive upfront hardware solution, right? I used to go in with, with, hey, let's, I remember doing a project once with, where we were trying to sell 128 by 128 DM um, blade system. You guys remember? I think they're still around. Sure. And, uh, and uh, I think it ended up being like 200 grand or something for video switching. And even when I was putting it together, I thought about how ridiculous that was, you know, five years ago or whatnot. And then what's the solution? Well, we're already utilizing this manufacturer's piece, and now we need to utilize their lighting control. There's another 300 grand. Now we have to use their HVAC. And, and the reason you, you would do that as an integrator and the reason the manufacturer, would and the manufacturer would love you to do that is because it's all easier for me to put together for you. And that has not won. And Amazon's like the proof of that. And Google's it is not one, and it's not going to win. It's just like a constant battle. But your your construction guys, these builders, if a guy if 
you know, a guy comes in at 200 grand and another guy comes in at a hundred grand, they're going with the hundred grand. So you better know how to integrate with that. So that's probably a long, long answer, but I think that that's, that's, that's what you have to do is build software that can give people that beautiful UI and beautiful experience, no matter what hardware they've selected and always keep it up to date. Because another thing we've done to the industry that was a hard lesson for me to learn was you'll sell a guy something for two, $300,000 and what you never tell them and what you're almost not honest with yourself about is, Hey, you get to spend another hundred thousand in five years to make your system not look outdated. And then five years after that, you get to spend another hundred thousand. And when you do that a couple of times, you go, oh, maybe this wasn't the right solution in the first place. Would it have been so bad to run an HDMI cable from my DirecTV to my TV instead of swapping out my PVIDs for DMs and now I'm gonna go swap them out for NVX at $50,000 a pop? It's kind of ridiculous, right? So, anyway. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So I'm going to, Patrick, we'll wrap up with you. Uh, and uh, this is a great conversation. I, uh, what, if you were to give advice to somebody who is looking to, to really differentiate themselves, what, what would you share with them? What, 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 what can they do to prepare themselves? And, and I'm guessing this is, is going to be a, a program or an integrator type of a person. Sure. So we've heard a lot of some doom and gloom, some opportunity. You started the conversation with talking about how could this be interesting for programmers. So I'm going to take that as a baseline that you don't just want to shift boxes for a living, that you're looking for how am I going to be relevant and still enjoy my career moving forward. And I think software obviously has uh, the most potential and it's not clear how that's going to be. It's not going to be the same. We're not going to be writing only custom, complete custom projects. But one opportunity that may be there, like what Mark was saying, you have to be able to work with any kind of system that gets installed. So looking at APIs, and maybe we just become the people who connect different APIs. Maybe we don't do any GUIs at all anymore, or much less, right? So I think we focus a lot on the GUI. Um, and I'm looking more at the data channel, connecting different devices and services together. And um, I think really that's where someplace we could focus on to, uh, yeah, to grow as programmers, software developers, and move our businesses and careers forward. Well, thank you. This has been a great conversation, a great show, and unfortunately, we have to bring it to a close, uh, but I'm sure that there's a lot more discussion to, to come in the future, and, and I appreciate all your guys' insight. So first, I'd like to thank Patrick Murray for being part of the show. Uh, Patrick, how can people get in touch with you, learn about the things that you're doing? I know that there's many. Uh, sure. Um, go to uh, learnavprogramming.com. You can find me through that website. Uh, I also start a new um, technology management application. You could find out about that at catchtechnologies.com. And uh, I'd love to hear from you. Excellent. So Mark, thank you for being a part of the show. Uh, Mark Day from Ideabox. How can people get in touch with you, learn more about your company? Uh, first, thanks, Steve. I really appreciate this. This was a lot of fun. Um, Glad to have you yeah. on. Thank you. We've had our, I've had my head down and we've kind of had our developers heads down for the last year, just really working on software. Uh, so we haven't really been out and about, not a lot of trade shows, not a lot of um, uh, doing anything else but work. Uh, 
So currently, uh, uh, ideabox.co, that's uh, my integration company. We do a lot of work here in the Vegas, uh, Vegas area and a little bit in California and Utah. And then uh, if you want to check out cohost.io, uh, I'm not even sure that the website's up quite yet, but that's the new product we're, uh, we've been working on for the last year. And uh, hopefully, we'll be hearing more about that in the future. Thanks. And last but not least, Uncle Richie, how can people get in touch with you who don't already know? And what have you been up to? Uh, you can always find me on the interwebs. Uh, I can type in my name in any Googles or GAFA device, I'm sure. Um, but you can find me at fragosadesign.com. Uh, you can find me at, at rfragosa on Twitter. But first and foremost, uh, look for me here on avnation.tv with my good friend Steve, uh, or at times uh, with my good friend Matt Scott over at uh, Resi Week. Uh, but yeah, first and foremost, come visit us at avnation.tv. Click on, check out the podcast, hang out, make a day of it. Uh, my mother will thank you for it. <laughs> Very nice. I appreciate that. I wish that I could say the same. I, I, it's been a while. I've been trying to get my mom to to uh, listen, but I'm not sure that she does still. So uh, uh, my name is Steve Greenblatt. I've been your host. So you can reach me at Steve Greenblatt on many social media platforms or visit my company, Control Concepts, at controlconcepts.net. Um, to echo what Rich was saying, please check out avnation.tv. Check out this show and a bunch of other shows as as well as coverage from trade shows, including ISE, Digital Signage, we, Digital Signage Expo is coming up, Infocom, of course, in the near future. Uh, while you're on the website, check out the supporters that support AV Nation and show them that you appreciate them. They help us to bring these shows and others to the airwaves. Uh, also, we'd love to hear from you, so please uh, reach out and uh, send Rich or I a note uh, or uh, reach out and, and give us a review on iTunes or on the website. We'd really like to hear what you think and we'd also be open to ideas for with regard to future topics and shows. So until next time, this has been A State of Control.